We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. Welcome back, everybody. Best hour of their day. Fern, Katie, we are getting closer and closer to finding out if Katie has legs. <laughs> you, you're oddly excited about this. How cool would it be? I'll be honest with you. It's it's, start, it's starting. I'm starting to think you have some sort of weird leg fetish, and I don't know, short or whatever. But I think I think it'd be because if I didn't have legs, he'd finally be taller than someone. That's fair too. Yeah. <laughs> or do you think you're taller than you think you're taller than my son? How old is he? Two and a half. I got another couple months on him. Yeah, I told he's you. gonna he's gonna be big. I told you I grew this last year. Yeah, yeah, we know what he said. At this rate, I'll be six foot by the time I'm ninety. <laughs> That's not at all how that works. <laughs> you get shorter as you get older. What are we gonna do? Are we gonna are we gonna play some games with Logan and Chappie? Are they gonna be fun to hang out with while we're in town? I'm just gonna lock you in a room with the two of them and see who survives. <laughs> and I've got my money on my son. I'm just gonna Go. give him a I'm just gonna give him a knife and say <laughs> Go. Well, you know, I think kids like me because I'm small, so they don't think of me as an adult. And I'm afraid that's what's gonna happen. I can already see it with Logan. But she's tiny, I'm tiny, she's gonna, you know, wanna play, that type of stuff. She uh she might she like you know kids they have no filters. She might just walk up to you and be like, You're short. Yeah, I have a I have a client here. This is like this was hilarious, super successful dude. Um, so, guy? No, 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 different guy. He's he's a you know like kind of like a real estate mogul in the area. But he because um, he, he's like one of my few personal training clients. But he he walks in one day, and she was sitting in the kids' room that we have, and we were just chatting because his son is ten, I believe. And uh, so I was like, Hey, Logan, come uh, come meet. Mr. Willie. And then, so she walks out and she, and like Logan, she's a little socially awkward, but is what it is. So she walks up to him, doesn't say a word, puts her hand right on his stomach. Just literally just puts her hand on his stomach. She goes, you got a big belly. (laughs) (laughs) Kids are the best. I I was mortified, dude. And he was, and Willie's like, well, I guess I'll be training here for a while until I can get this rectified. (laughs) That's a great sales pitch, though, right? Isn't it like bring your kid in and have them call people fat? It's been a running joke for like a year. He's just like, I think I'm losing weight. He's like, we got to go check with Logan and see how we see what she thinks. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, you still have a big belly. So parenthood like affiliate ownership is one of those things where sometimes you just have to accept you're not great. Very much so. That, that's kind of the topic for today, um, which is it's okay to not be okay. As, as a parent, as who's going through all sorts of normating stuff, some some okay, some bad, uh, there's ups and downs to that, just like affiliate ownership. And what I find to be 
uh, unique, particularly in CrossFit. And I don't, and I, and I, you have to figure out why this is the, because CrossFit's pretty, at least I think maybe I'm, maybe I'm, uh, looking at this through rose colored lenses, but I think CrossFitters in general are pretty open or like open to ideas and open to learning and open to just discussion in general, like far more than, than most circles I've run in. I, I, would you guys agree with that or no? Well, I, let's, let's give a shout out. Katie and I just had our coaches call Jersey, Tony, you know, talking about this being open right. and being receptive to feedback, went to a box King of Prussia owned by our mutual friend, Amy Lyons, Flowmaster. Shout out, Amy. Shout out. On the seminar staff. You're, you're taller than her. I am barely taller than Amy. Yeah, yeah just barely. <laughs> and he got up at 3.30 this morning to poach the 6 o'clock and the 9 o'clock class at King of Prussia in an effort to get feedback and an effort to get better as a coach. So, you know, going back to what you said. They're but for open. context, like he does not coach there. He got there to drive there to get feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got up right, at 3.30 because he doesn't live nearby. Right. So, I mean, 3.30 is essentially the middle of the night. This dude literally got up in the middle of the night to get better as a coach. And first of all, if you're listening to this podcast, honestly, evaluate, are you willing to do that? And the answer is no, because you've not done it. If you really were going to, I mean, now we've maybe planted the seed in your head. And we always tell people, if, if you want to, you know, between Fern and I, we have a lot of connections, especially in the United States. You probably don't live more than an hour or two from someone that we believe to be a great coach that can help you. So hit us up for sure. Best hour of their day at gmail.com. Let us know where you live and we will do our best to accommodate you. Um, but, but again, it goes back. I told these guys on our call, like whatever they want to achieve in CrossFit, they will because they're putting the effort, the work in. And yes, while, while we're open and receptive, I would, I don't think you finished your statement, but I would say more coaches than not, aren't trying to get better they aren't open they, they get very i mean think about it there's hundreds of thousands of level one trainers out there how many are truly willing to get up at 3 30 in the morning i can tell you when i was trying to grow i would go to crossfit new england very often i would work under ben and heather bergeron just in an effort to get better myself so and that was after having my level two i think it was even after no before my level three but you know i was always trying to get better so yes, I, I I would kind of agree and disagree at the same time. So I'm kind of in the middle on that one because I do think there's people that want to get better, and I think they're trying. I think, and we could remove the last year because there's just a lot a lot of opportunity to do that due to closures and all sorts of crazy nonsense. So, um, yes, and now I do, however, think that you should be willing to do that. So, you know, for a lot of people ask either via DM or email or in person at seminars, hey, how do I that job? And it sounds a little crass, but do whatever you have to. Right. If you got to if you gotta stay up all night and drive somewhere, get feedback, then that's what you need to do. If you're not doing that, I don't think the odds are good. If you're not constantly seeking that out to work on the craft to do to try in that group. Um, 
you know, we've been in that group for a long time. We've been in that group for eight years and I still find it to be an incredible privilege to be among that group of trainers. And, and still I was thinking, I don't even know why I was thinking about this the other day. I still find it weird to kind of be looked at as a, as I guess a little bit of a veteran in the crew. I, I don't, I, I find it odd to even have that, that kind of reference uttered with regard to my name, but, um, but we are, we've been around there for a little bit and the whole, and the whole thing is the, I think the first, it's like, kind of I guess similar in line with like addicts, which is like, Hey, the first step is acknowledgement or, or admitting that there's a problem. And I think coaches are more open to it. I think affiliates are largely not open to it at all. The, this idea that you don't know what you're doing. And that sounds accused, ac- accusatory. Is that right? Accusatory. I think it is. Yeah. It sounds accusatory, but, but it's not, it's just like new coaches. It's okay. It's okay that you're not okay at this thing. It's okay that you don't know how to run a CrossFit affiliate. It's okay that you don't know how to develop your coaches. I, there is no alternative. Like there's, unless you've been living in this ecosystem, like at a very experienced box that has really high level coaches and that is doing well, but we know that those are few and far between that has, that has both of those. You were like kind of brought up in that ecosystem. You're probably just, I guess, normal in the sense that like, you're as good as you could be, all things considered. But affiliate ownership is uniquely bad about just having the conversation, right? I, this is kind of like, I know p- people bring this up a lot about like uh, depression in the CEO circles or like, hey, listen, depression runs rampant in the, in the, in the CEO world and, and private equity and stuff like that, but nobody talks about it. Same thing in financial mar- in the private equity firms, right? Stuff like that. They're like, hey, you know, like suicide rates are crazy high. Like people are depressed. They're, you know, you know, taking a lot of antidepressants. Um, now, I don't know that to be true in the affiliate ownership world, but I do know, and we talked about this before, that most affiliate owners live a quiet life of desperation. And what I, the discussions that I want to start having are about it's okay, it's fine. It's not the end of the world. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't make you any of these things. It makes you somebody who's on the path, just farther to the to the left than you thought you were. And that's okay. And I think that's the first step is because once you start to open up that, that mindset with regard to, hey, I'm not okay. Like the, I'm not good at this, but that's okay. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make me lesser than anybody else. It doesn't make me not capable of achieving the goal. And it doesn't mean that I'm not going to get there. It's just an acknowledgement of my current state, which allows me to devise a plan to move forward. Yeah, I think one of the best parts of CrossFit, we've talked about this on a recent episode, Katie Googled it, is that we're an affiliate, we're not a franchise. And to some people's detriment, that's a problem because... There are no rules. I mean, there are rules. I shouldn't say that, but there's not a whole lot of black and white to like, this is the step to become a, a better coach or, you know, other than your credential, this is the step to be a better box owner. It's, it's a lot of like, Hey, the cream rises to the top. And a lot of box owners get involved in CrossFit because a, it looks a little easy. B, it looks like you're making a ton of money. And see, you know, it looks like a lot of fun. And very often, 
none of those are happening at, at, a, at many, many affiliates. It's, it's not fun because they're stressed out because it's not easy and because they're not making a lot of money. And there's very few things in life where, you know, you care about and you want to improve, you want to get better and you don't need a coach or you don't need a mentor or you don't need to find someone better than you. And for some reason in the CrossFit space, it just became like, all right, I guess I just figure this thing out. And again, it's not about coaching, but it's like understanding, hey, I'm not great at this. I'm just okay. Or I'm not even okay, like you're saying. But what do I do to actually improve? Yeah, I, I just think, um, I just really, it's it's been, I guess, bugging me because we talked to a lot of affiliate owners and, and um, you know, at all ends of the spectrum and, and everything in between. And I just, I just really kind of collectively, and I now, and I know home office is doing a lot of things. So this is not something that they're unaware of and not something that they're, they're, they're definitely working on things to, to help provide resources and aid to affiliates. Um, and I think all of that is fantastic and I'm in full support of it. Like nobody's a bigger fan of that. Um, but what I think kind of needs to happen is I think, you know, anybody that has a microphone that knows needs to say the quiet part out, which is like collectively not great. Right. Which is, and, and, and the reason it's so important to me that, that we kind of say that out loud is because I think a CrossFit affiliates currently and into the future will play such a pivotal role in the health and wellness of general population. Like let's just go really broad that that needs to be acknowledged rectified and and have a plan in place which is a lot of the reason why we do this and i think it's important because i think a lot of people are living almost in a in a in a state of aim because they're just like well i'm doing this thing that is you know in in uh incredibly um rewarding but i'm doing it at the expense of myself or myself and my family or my or myself and my loved ones you know, where I'm not developing, I'm stressed out. Fitness has gone to the wayside. So now I'm not even the physical of the, what I need to be in the gym, much less the leadership and, and have the, the equity in order to kind of, you know, invest in other people. And I, I, I think the first thing that needs to happen is like, say the quiet part out loud, like, it's okay. Like, let's just have the conversation about it and let's move forward. What I don't want is I don't want people to be delusional about it because CrossFit, right? right? The affiliate model, I think, is amazing. Could it be tweaked and tuned and improved? For sure, just like everything else. And I think a lot of those plans are being put in place and those wheels are starting to turn. But we have to acknowledge that all of those things being said, entrepreneurship is entrepreneurship is still hard as fuck yeah i mean that goes without saying right i think if entrepreneurship were easy you know to quote the great jimmy dugan everybody would do it for those that don't know jimmy dugan a league of their own google it but it's not supposed to be easy it's supposed to be hard that's why i mean think about when you, the three of us were growing up, you know, or, you know, even to this day and age, like how many parents are like, Hey, let's um, bypass this secondary education and let's figure out how you're going to make some money on your own. Right. Even if you're like, Hey, go to college then do it. It's always like right. a doctor, a lawyer, 
you know, get a, get a real job. It's not, and then open your own business because I think the beauty of being an entrepreneur is there are no rules. And that's also one of the downfalls. Like you need to figure this out yourself. And for most, I mean, it's like anything. I'm sure 20% of the entrepreneurs in the world make up 80% or more of the success of the money, et cetera. And you could probably take the same. I think that's probably high. Yeah. It's usually that 80, 20 rule, but it's probably the same at an affiliate level. It's, you know, 20% of affiliates are 80% of the success. I mean, out of 15,000 affiliates, how many are just skating by or, you know, they they make enough money that the owner lives a, a, a meager lifestyle or, you know, potentially has another job on the side. Like there's, there's so much that needs to be improved, not just, you know, for CrossFit, but all entrepreneurs, like, and, and part of it, I agree with you, Fern is like, okay, I'm new to this. I need, I'm struggling with this. I'm not great at it, but now how do I get better at it? Well, so, and I think this probably has a, a flavor of financial success that like Larry, which is, but that's not all we're talking about. Like I'm talking about just genuinely being happy with, with your daily life. Like one of the things that I find in blue, like I've had over the past couple of weeks with people who are kind of finishing affiliate you, some of them, probably half of them are going into the grab program is like, they're just happier. Or like they're, they're now living the, what they, what they set out to live. And many of them, that's not where they started. Like, again, like people generally don't call us because things are going well, you know, like that's more. And I've told all of them to like to the person, I'm like, that to me is more important than anything. It's more important than whatever your top line is, whatever your profit margin is, is that like you are genuinely happy with your affiliate with you. you get up to every day and you're fired up to go into the affiliate and do what it is you love to do. Like that to me is paramount. If you chase that, that is in the same direction as excellence, which is also happens to be in typically in the same direction as whatever financial you success that you're chasing. The, but they're separate, right? Like you, you need to try to, to, to achieve all of those. And what I really, really, really hope for, for most affiliate earners, because like, I cannot think of a more, um, rewarding profession than like changing people's lives like CrossFit does, then you should be happy doing that. I think when people ask us specifically about affiliate you and they're, they're interested in getting signed up. One of the first things I always tell them is like, look, you need to make money. Your business needs to be successful. We can't be all fun if you're not making money because it only lasts for so long. Like eventually you need to pay bills provide, you know, food for your family. But a very close second is this needs to be fun. No one becomes an entrepreneur. No one opens a CrossFit affiliate with the expectation that not only am I going to struggle financially, but this isn't going to be fun. If you're opening your own business, you you want it to be fun and you want to succeed. If not, you would just go get a real job. Like there are definitely times in my life or, and I don't know if you've ever felt this way where I'm like, damn, especially pre-CrossFit. I mean, cause I was an entrepreneur from day one. 
whether it was, you know, as a personal trainer in a box, I was chasing, you know, clients around town, but there were definitely times I thought to myself, like, man, maybe I need to just get a job. Like maybe it'd be nice to punch in, punch out, not be stressed out and dealing with, you know, work at all hours of the night and at the, you know, and just be able to clear my head, know that I'm getting a paycheck, know I'm getting vacation days. And maybe that would solve some of my problems. Now, I never wound up going that route because I would, you know, those those bouts would be short-lived. But but I think it's okay that it ran through my mind. And I think it's okay if you're listening and it's run through your mind. This, this, this topic always reminds so for those of you that are kind of new to the podcast, uh, you probably haven't heard Jay bring it up in a while, um, but I did play basketball at one point in my life. You have, I'm kind of disappointed. You have not, you've, yeah, thank you. You've, you've not brought that up in some time. Um, you've been too busy talking about being a level four. The, the one time. One, is division one the equivalent of being a level four? Or is that, no, uh, that's that, that, yeah, that would probably be like the NBA. Yeah. yeah. So you don't yeah. realize you accidentally just gave me a, no, no, that that was if level four was a real thing. The NBA is an actual thing. Like there's a league, people play in it, they get paid. There's no, it's like you and Carl Stedman live on the same island of, of magical fairies and uh, and unicorns of level fours. Steve <laughs> um, commented. Who did? Steve Hadar? Yeah, he's a level uh, four. You know, I'll give Steve level four. I will not give it to you, but I like Steve. Cassidy just worked with him this past weekend. Steve is a legit level four, uh, you sir are a fraud it's because um, he has an accent it's true everything sounds more professional when you're british you just sound like that's why that's why that's why people think denise is smart shout out denise but you know it's because she's she's british so um no but the uh so i play basketball and like to this day people still kind of like joke about some of the shit my dad said in the locker room or at halftime and stuff like that but i i distinctly remember a scenario in which one of the younger guys on the team, he might've been like a sophomore or something like that. And we were going through a little bit of a losing bout and like, we were just having like, everybody was having a pity session in there, which is not really my dad's thing just for anybody who's wondering. And one of the kids is like, coach, we just, we just want to have fun. And my dad took a long pause. He's like, fun. Fuck fun. You know what's fun? He's like, winning's fun. He goes, that's what's fun. Winning is fun. So I don't know what you guys are talking about. And I remember that was like a life lesson for everybody in there. Like, okay, like you could have, you could be having fun and losing, but you're not really having fun. You just have this weird delusion that you feel good about it, but it's not really fun, you know? And, and, I think that's where kind of like a lot of affiliate owners live. Like they're in air quotes, having fun because they're kind of chasing this passion, but they're not really winning. They're not having fun. And when I say winning, there's obviously the binary winning, which means you're running a profitable business that provides for you. what is that you need. Okay. So like, I'm going to leave that pretty broad. And then there's the other winning, which is more important is like, you're happy. Your clients are happy. You're providing a great service. When you walk in there, the vibe is amazing. You're providing opportunity for other people, like all that stuff that falls in the winning bucket. And typically that's not going on. You know, people have just chalked up winning or they've set the bar so low to success. Be like, well, I've got a gym, but that's, it ended there. Like there was nothing past, like I got a gym. And that's where I want people to be more realistic. And, I, and, I, and I'm hoping that what we're exposing people to, and I really want to do this long-term is like really kind of sh- 
like go to places like CrossFit Louvre and some of the other bigger affiliates around the world that are like really successful around the globe and show people and be like, listen, this is real. Like this is what it can be. And you can do that. Maybe not to that exact extent, but it's relative depending on where you are. Right. But let's reframe what winning is. And winning is not coaching all the classes, working 18 hour days, making no money, having people drain all of your emotional equity out of your body because you're the only person and having to do every single task by yourself. That's not winning. You're doing something that you're passionate about, but that is totally different than winning. And that's where I want the distinction to be made. And, and I know people like don't like winning. Like, I guess winning is bad now. I don't know, but I don't care. Winning, you know why? Because winning is fun. That's what's fun. So I agree with you. And I think the issue is there's no real way to quantify winning as an affiliate owner. I think most people would say it's more so like, okay, I'm, I'm paying my bills. I'm making money. It's hard to quantify fun. I can tell you what's not fun as an affiliate owner. And it's, you know, stress. It's probably coaching way more hours. And, you know, if you don't look forward to the hours you're coaching, probably not having fun. But what are some of the other things, you know, you, you will run a very successful affiliate there in Virginia Beach. What are some of the things that you would say help you think I'm winning? Well, am I having fun is probably the, is probably the biggest one, right? They, they do go hand in hand, right? So like, again, let's, let's go with the binary ones, right? The binary ones meaning like, hey, you're taking a paycheck, right? That like allows you to do what you need to do. You, another one I would, I would that I think of a little bit differently, probably because I've been doing it a little bit longer is like, am I creating opportunity for other people, right? Because it's not fun if you do it by yourself in any endeavor, Right. Like it's it's at some point the the allure wears off if you if you get to the top of the mountain and you're there by yourself. Like it would be much more fun if you did it with other people. Like that's why I always gravitated towards team sports. Right. I, I don't like I really just didn't have any interest in in like you know and wrestling is kind of team sport, but it's typically it's typically like a like you're wrestling and yes, I want to get points for the team, obviously, but I'm not literally wrestling with the team i'm wrestling the opponent on the other team and that's a one-on-one scenario um yeah i mean agreed which is you know we're the opposite it's funny you say that because i grew up loving wrestling and i also played tennis because i was in control like yes you're right for both of those sports you're you're providing points uh, points if you get a pin you get six points a decision three right but really at the end of the day you're like i want my teammates to win i want the team to win but I'm focused on my performance. But when it comes to business, I love having a partner like you. I love having, you know, Katie involved. I love having other people involved because you feel like there are oftentimes I'm like, there's no way we're not going to be successful because I have so many other people wanting to be successful with me. So that, that, so the first one is, you know, kind of like the financial of the business. And I think that is, nobody likes to talk about that either. Like people just have a weird thing about money. Um, and it doesn't mean you're greedy, but I mean, if you're going to run an air quotes, a successful business, there needs to be a profit margin in there. And I would argue that it needs to be 20 plus percent, 20 to 30, the higher, the better, because you can then provide more opportunity for other people. But then after that, it's like, Hey, who else is on the team? Are you building a team? Right. Like think of like uh, there's a couple different books out there, but like good to great built to last. Like much of these concepts are built on the back of teams. Legacy is a great book. Um, 
uh, what was the other one that General Stan McChrist, uh, Stanley McChrystal wrote? Um, but same thing, but that one was about building another build a book called uh, Building an 18. Right. And I can't remember who the author is, but I think that's what I think that is also an indicator of success. But again, just like fitness metrics or your weight, though they're not the only metric for success. Just, just like financial is not the only metric for success. Like you could be running something that is a cash cow and can be a complete piece of garbage. Right. Like the vibe in there is terrible. The culture, nobody wants to work for you. The members like don't really love it. You might just be the only game in town. Like we could all think of a scenario in which, like, hey, owner's killing it, but you know, nobody's sending that guy or girl a Christmas card. That's not winning. You know? No, I, I absolutely agree. I think a lot of it has to do with the, you know, and I got this from day one when I got involved in CrossFit, I admired Coach Glassman. And you can tell it was always about providing opportunity and experience for others. And that was always something that allowed me to, you know, with that being said, it's a lot easier to do that when you're paying your bills, right? Like you have multiple full-time people. We have full-time people. So you do have to, let's, let's not sugarcoat it. You need to be making money. But, but then it becomes, okay, now what can I do to allow other people to have the same success that I'm having, to have the same experience, to have the same fun. And, you know, part of that is I need to be able, I need to, be able to afford them. But then you also have to have that growth mindset of bringing them on, developing them, and, you know, allowing them to shine. This is kind of the concept of, uh, I've heard it referred to as, you know, spin the elevator back down. Yeah. You know, like... Which is now, so let's, let's walk this through the life cycle. At some point I have to realize that I'm still on the ground floor, right? And then what I need to do is I need to figure out, Hey, which one of these elevators is going to provide an opportunity for me to get on? Like, where am I going to go? Who's going to send it back down to provide me resources or guidance or information or advice or whatever. I'm going to get on that one. And then along the way, a lot of people basically just get to the second floor and they're like, this is it. This is good. Not realizing that there's 40 floors above that. And then as I ascend through these floors, my secondary job now becomes to send the elevator back down so other people can get on and then they can start the ride as well. But you'll never get to do that if you stay on the second floor or in a lot of instances and never get off the ground floor because you just don't acknowledge that there's other floors there right just like nope this is it this is the cap on on what it is i'm just supposed to sit down on here in the ground floor and just roam around lost for the rest of my life um no like there there's more to it and it becomes fun and you can and you can provide more for more people that way and it's scary i get it it's super scary it's super scary to make investments it's super scary to put yourself out there it's super scary to admit that you don't know things it's super scary to try new stuff it's scary to fail it, and, and this comes from somebody who is pretty okay with failing, like alarmingly so. Like to the point where like people are like, that dude doesn't give a shit about risk, you know. But I would tell you, I'm just not as averse to it as most people, but failing is still scary. Like I've had some serious failures in affiliate ownership that I was just like not really entirely sure I was going to recover from. I was like, this might be it, you know. So what, all of those things are scary. Of, uh, like, do you have any examples of? where you were failing and thought potentially this is it, I'm done? 
Yeah, I mean, straight up, I'm an open book. You know this, so probably uh, right around year ten. So we're getting ready to finish. Uh, maybe it was year nine, but like it was going into year ten. I made probably some of the biggest mistakes of ownership. Like we tried to do too many things. We stretched ourselves too thin, and um, and and we lost big. I mean, well, let's just say that we took four shots, all four of them missed. What was? You know, do you mind? Can you talk about them? multiple locations, multiple programs, like all it just just went for went for shot for the moon. And I was like, and I was, you know, basically riding a tricycle. And I was just like, hey, you're not going to make it to the moon on tricycle, bro. It's not happening. Um, and, you know, lost a ton of money, a boatload more than I would ever want to lose in that process. And now here here's the flip side of that. Number one, I don't recommend that. You don't need to do that. But the outcome of that, the lessons learned, painted a whole new picture for what success can and should be. That we got to way faster. Because in those errors, it's just like technique, right? It's just like, hey, it's not, the, it's not that errors are good. They are an unavoidable, electable part of the process of becoming better at what you are doing if you are chasing virtuosity. The mistakes are inevitable. There is no scenario in which you start affiliate ownership and you go mistake-free and then make it to this magical cloud that is best affiliate on earth, making a million dollars with all the greatest coaches. No, no, no. That road is riddled with potholes and a ton of U-turns. Like there's, That is just how it works. It's like, hey, I want you to drive across the drive across the United States. No map. Just start driving in the direction of where you know the sun moves. I mean, that's you know. really what affiliate ownership looks like when you first sign up. I mean, of course, it, it's it's improved over the years. I mean, we're in 2021. There are companies like ours that coach people, but I mean, you still have to find those, right? It's not like you you when you put in your application to be an affiliate CrossFit sends you back. Hey, here's some best practices, by the way, talk to Fern and Ackerman. They do it well. You know, it's like, okay, cool. Do you have a website? And I don't even know if you still need to have a link to the CrossFit journal, but I mean, other than that, and you need insurance, there's like very, it's like the wild West still. Which is fine. Like I, I still, there's, there's a lot of that kind of libertarian attitude that I like. Right. And uh, I forget who was talking about this, but the, you know, that kind of that fine line of like, hey, you know, affiliate, an affiliation, but like providing the support and the pieces and the things that would lend itself to, to some degree, the success that in, in a lot, in some instances, franchises will have. Like, fran the franchise is not uh, uh, just a 100% guaranteed success. That's not, that's not how it works. Um, so I think I just think it's important, and and I think I think a lot of people need to hear it is that it gets it's okay, you know. Like I've been through that different at different spots in even you know my athletic career, my military career, my entrepreneurial career, where somebody just put their hand on my shoulder and was like, "It's okay, you don't have to beat yourself up with this about this, and you don't have to feel ashamed about it." You know, it's part of the process. You know, um, you know, like. It just well, is what it is. That's something that gets overlooked in the in the entirety of the world. Like, you know, not to get off topic, but social media plays a big role in that too, right? Like, okay, you see other boxes and you think they're thriving, that they're, you know, just crushing it. And, and you don't know how they're doing. No one's putting the fights they're having with their coaching staff, the, the crappy classes that run 
20 minutes over, you know, the arguments they're having with their significant other because they're stuck at the gym late. Like, we don't see that. We just assume, oh, they have 20 people in their 6 a.m. class. They're wildly successful. When in reality, we don't know that. And I think there's this, you know, we look, I'm a fan of Jocko. I'm a fan of a lot of these other Gary V motivational type speakers. But I think we forget you know, oftentimes we compare ourselves to the Jockos. The, they're like the 0.0001% success stories. You might compare yourself. I'm not comparing myself to Jocko. I'm not getting up at 4 a.m. to work out. You know, Jocko makes you feel like a lazy turd. I told this to my, you know, I've watched an interview with Jocko on a, the Lex Friedman podcast. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm not getting up at 4.30. I'm, I'm lazy. So, but the point is, it's okay not to get up at 4.30 and it's okay not to you know, be making a million dollars like Gary Vee says you should. It's, it's okay to be okay. Yeah, it's okay. All of that is okay. I just want people to be more realistic about where they currently are, which is just acknowledging like, what is, my, what is the real no shit state of, of my affiliate? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it great? Or is the answer... I don't fucking know. And it's okay. <laughs> Katie's laughing. It, it's okay if you don't know. Because that that starts the whole process of learning, which is like, cool. Now the question is like, what do you think you not know? Like, how how are you going to go about educating yourself? What are the next steps from here? And it could be, a dozen different things, right? There's a there's many different routes in which in which you you can get to a better version of affiliate ownerships. But the point is, first thing I just have to do is I have to do a no shit assessment. You know, I have to canvas the landscape and be like, is this actually going well? And if it's not, don't bullshit yourself. Just be like, no, it's not. This could be way better. And if it's going well, don't rest on that. How could I improve? What do I think could potentially come down later that I'm not prepared for, like a pandemic or some crazy shit like that, you know, um, or you might suddenly lose a coach that you weren't prepared for. You're like, oh, the team's good. And then all of a sudden you're down two coaches and you're like, and I'm back on the floor for 40 hours a month. Like I should have planned for that. So these are the things it's, it's okay to not have this perfect business. And they, I, I don't know. I just find it really annoying that some people paint that picture. Be like, well, this is what it is. And if you have that, everything will be good all the time. And I'm like, bullshit. That's not how it works. This is the same, it's the same level of irritation when I get, when people talk about balance, you should have balance in your life. You gotta have balance. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you're working out four times a day and you know running a, a great team. And I'm like, what, what fairy tale land are you living in, bro? Like that's not how that works. I know zero people that have any level of success that did it with something that would resemble balance. Because I think that's a there's a there's a fundamental misunderstanding of balance. Most people think of balance as like equity. They're like 50 50. I'm like, no, balance for success looks like 99 to one. Yeah, balance. For success is like, okay, I had dinner with my wife and kids once this week. Right. And now that's not forever, right? So I don't want people to, do, I don't want people to be freaked out for that, but you're going to have to pay your dues. You're going to pay your dues and you're going to pay them later. You're going to pay them earlier. You might have to pay them in the middle. You might pay a little bit more on the front end than on the back end. But if you think you're going to get out of there without paying your dues and without getting some scars along the way, I'm here to tell you, like, 
it's not going to happen. And that is okay because just how it works. Well, I, I will say this, like one thing I encourage a lot of people to do in seeking balance, which I get agree with you, it's not real when you own a business, like, and that is okay. And that's, that's part of it. Too many people do promote that. Like you need balance in life, but part of that might look like I put up a post recently, like close your gym on the holidays or close on Sundays, or at least take a day off. You know, if, if you're married and you own a box and wears on your significant other as well, even if they're not involved, like have a day where you spend time with them, have a day where you avoid the gym, you avoid talking business. And that might be balanced. Like, but again, that's one out of seven. That's not right. equal like you're suggesting. It's just like, okay, I have a day off. Like, cool. One thing that you brought up, and I think this is what box owners, coaches, anyone in life should be doing is you mentioned kind of having this list. Like, I think that's where it starts. Write a list of where you're not okay. Write that list down. And then maybe almost like I would encourage someone to cue a fix, like, okay, knees are going in. Well, what's your verbal cue? What's your visual cue? What's your tactile cue? And you may not have those obviously, but what are, what are three things you can do long-term and then maybe break that down to like, what's one thing I can do today, right? Okay, I'm, I'm, let's, let's role play. I'm, I'm running a box. It's like paying the bills, but man, I'm coaching every single class. Like literally 100% of the classes, I don't have a coach. So obviously that's where I'm not okay. I'm struggling. I need help. Okay. I need a secondary part-time coach. I might break that down to like, think about who my best members are that might be willing to take their level one. I might break that down to put a post up on Facebook or social media asking for a coach to coach for two hours. I may even think, okay, let me reevaluate my schedule. Do I need seven classes a day or do four of my classes encompass 90% of my members, right? Like there, I just, three things, cool. Now break it down to the most simple task, right? And which, you know, and, and that for, I think for one, people get so busy and so wrapped up in the day-to-day that they truly don't have time for that when in reality, that's the most important thing. Nothing you're doing if you're burned out matters. So yeah, because it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. So you could be making six figures right now, coaching seven classes a day. And not be happy. But yeah, and not be happy because you can't go on vacation. You're not spending time with your with your your family. You're no longer training, right? So you have to determine what what means happiness right is it is it the six figures or would you be better off making 70 or 80 thousand dollars and having a full-time coach where now and and the reality is you and i know this fern if you do that you're gonna eventually probably quickly be past that six-figure mark anyway right yeah and and so that whole process that you walked through there and it, we could just kind of summarize it like this, which is like, it's okay to not be okay. At the same time, it's not okay to continue to not be okay. You have to do something about it. You have to take action. You have to seek out help. You have to acknowledge some things yourself personally. But again, it starts with like, it's okay to not be okay. But now, I have to also acknowledge like something must change. If nothing ever changes, then nothing ever changes. And I will continue to be in this rut 
of the toilet bowl just circling down to the bottom. So I need to do something because at some point I need to get out of that mindset of not being okay to get to something that looks like happiness for me, whether it's financial or time or family or whatever it is, or a combination of all of those, it's your life. You deserve to be able to do that because you took the risk to open up a business and sacrifice in a lot of instances, everything you have in order to pursue this endeavor. So I think everybody needs to understand like, because you had the balls to do that, you need to be okay with acknowledging that. But now what we need to do is be okay with understanding that it's not okay to not be okay anymore. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time. You've heard me talk about it before, and I'm truly not joking. I'm being 100% genuine. I love Doc Spartan products. I use it every day. I talk about the Sex Panther beard bomb. It's literally what is in my beard right now. And I use all of the scrubs, my favorite being the coffee scrub, just in the shower, gives you the tingles, gives you the feels. I love it. And there's so many other great products. I use their deodorant. I've used their hand care when I've had tears. Just check them out. It's veteran owned, you know, guy that was in the military serving our country, Dale. I got to know him over the years and he's just a great dude. And I started buying his products and he reached out to me and said, Hey, we want to support the show and we appreciate it. And I just want you guys to not only support Doc Spartan and Dale, but also reap the benefits. If you want to be sexy like me, then you want to check out Doc Spartan products, 15% off with the code best hour. That's best hour for 15% off anything at their website, docspartan.com. Check out the coffee scrub and definitely check out the beard bomb. And ladies, there's stuff for you too. So head on over to docspartan.com, use the code best hour and save 15%. You started your business to help others. Somewhere along the way, you lost the capability of doing it on your own. Imagine how much different your business would be with an extra $10,000. Would you pay your rent? Would you buy new equipment? Would you pay your coaches more? Would you pay yourself? What if you could do that and donate to others? We started our business to help you. Finally, a, a payment solution for the micro gym space. We are proud to introduce you to WheelPay, a platform that allows you to both save money and be generous. With giving partners like the Phoenix, the Navy SEAL Foundation, the Green Beret Project, and other charitable organizations, you can trust that your donations will make a massive difference in the lives of others. Saving has never been easier. Giving has never been easier. Pay better. Do better. WheelPay.